Welcome to the Tearing It Up podcast. I'm your host, Taryn. We'll be tearing it up, tearing it down, and tearing it apart, dissecting all things related to those who deviate from the standard. From leaders of their industry to leaders of mediocrity, and maybe a gear review or two thrown in. We shoot the shit and let the conversations flow, so if that's not your style, this may not be for you. Otherwise, listen in. Hope to light a fire in you somehow. All right, hello everybody. We are back with another guest this week. I'm really excited to have Angie Marie back. So if you haven't listened to the episode that I did from Swell, the little compilation episode, she was on there as one of the speakers at Swell. So I'm excited to get to dive in a little bit deeper, learn more about her and talk uh, more specifically to you about periods in your cycle and um, just learn some cool stuff regarding that because I have done a fair amount of reading and research on, I wouldn't call it cycle syncing exactly, but just working with your menstrual cycle as far as working out and training and whatnot, and just really noticing the differences in, in your body during certain parts of your cycle and adjusting your training to that. And it has been a big topic, um, again, at least from the people that I follow of cycle syncing in all different aspects of life. And it's become to now a subject where you're going to start to see the people who are taking a side and putting their stake in the sand of like, it's bullshit or like, no, I live my life by it. I always come back to the fact of, you know, tune into your body and do what feels right for you. And so mostly like you, and I think knowing how your cycle's working, where you're at in your cycle is just a helpful part of that to realize mostly to get out of your head when you're like, kind of feeling cruddy and crappy and maybe your workout's not going how you planned or your like creative mind is just like shut down and you realize like oh well I'm at this point in my cycle I think it just eases your mind okay I can take off the gas a little bit <laughs> and I realize that it's there are other things happening in me that are you know working against these things right now so um before we dive further into that, ING, I want to turn it to you and just kind of do a little reintroduction to the people. Where are you at right now? Um, and and what's going on with life? Can I first acknowledge A, I love that you just dove into that. <laughs> B, I agree. This whole idea of cycle syncing is turning into a this or that side. You either go a hundred percent full in doing everything related to your menstrual cycle and it making it more of like a dogmatic paradigm. Mm -hmm. And then you have the other side where this doesn't exist. Menstrual cycles don't influence anything at all. And I am a type of person who I don't love to take a side or take a stance. I like being in that messy middle. Yeah. I love same. that. That's exactly what you said there is you can still take the information that your body is giving you and you can apply it in whatever way you want. Make up your own rules. You do not have to apply some exact model for cycle syncing and you don't need to ignore your body altogether either. Data is power in the way that like the more information you can get about your body and the more that you can notice is happening in your life, that's more data that you can then use to make decisions. Data is empowerment. So let's just look at it from that way. When we talk about cycle syncing, I love that so much. Yeah. Like said, data is power. 100%. Yeah. And that was absolutely not an introduction about myself. Yeah, that's fine. Like just jumping into things. <laughs> know, it, it's, hard. <laughs> it's really hard not to, because this subject to me is like, said it's becoming, um, huge. And when I first started learning about it, it was, 
really empowering to those who wanted to work around their cycle. And then, like I said, now all of a sudden that more and more is coming out about it. You're seeing those sides being taken and it's just turns into everything else where you're like, oh, cool. This is great. This works for me. And then you start to second guess yourself because you're seeing some other influencer be like, this is bullshit. And it's like, just don't know, do what feels right for your body. But yeah, figure it out. But uh, like, yeah. So anyways, we'll come back to that. I promise. Angie, where are you right now? <laughs> I am not at home. I have been on the go all month. I went to Virginia for my brother's wedding. I got to officiate baby brother's wedding. Aww. Then I flew back home for a few days, drove up to Canada, spent some time in Squamish, drove back down to Washington, then flew to San Francisco, where I sit in a nice old hotel right next to the cable car. <laughs> this is not my usual life. Typically, I am living in the beautiful Columbia River Gorge amid the forest and the mountains and the river. And I do miss home being in this very big, loud city. Oh, I'm sure. I am sure. That's how I feel anytime I go to a city now too. It's like, whoa, like shell shock, like cool for a minute that I can like choose from 500 different coffee shops, but like shit, get me to the silence. <laughs> and also it is so, the coffee shop thing is such a risk. Every time I pass a block, I'm like, could I use another latte? Yeah. Should I get an Americano? No, Angie, you do not need that. How about a decaf at least? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, What have you been, what are you doing there? If I, if you don't care or mind me asking. My partner gets to go to his tech conferences because he is not self-employed like I am. And so I like to tag along just for a little change of scenery. Maybe someday I'll be dragging him along to different conferences. But right now being self-employed, I'm still in a place where I've been completely on my own for about a year and a half. And in terms of career, a year and a half is pretty short, right? So, you know, if we're thinking about things in seasonal terms, which I tend to do, and I'm sure we will talk about that in the period concept, but I've kind of moved from this winter season of my life of just pure rest and taking ideas in and not really aiming in one direction quite yet. And I'm now entering this inner spring where I am starting to get a little bit more clear and strategic and have a, a compass pointing me towards where to go. So definitely not, you know, dream self-employment career yet. I still have a lot of work to do, but it's been fun to just explore and, you know, tag along in different places and say yes to a bunch of different opportunities. And now I'm finally about to be able to call back on some of those. That's awesome. I mean, just, I think getting to go along, tag along with your partner is an awesome experience. And like you said, maybe someday you'll get to, to be dragging him along, but that's the joy too, or like fun and being able to be self-employed. Like now you get a change of scenery to go, to continue your work. Like I get to talk to clients or do podcasts or whatever, whatever from here or there. So that's really awesome and exciting. And, um, yeah, it feels like I just got like dunked into winter suddenly, <laughs> like, especially since it's snowing outside. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that is one thing I learned from you at Swell, kind of diving right back into that period conversation was the seasons, the inner seasons that you talk about. Um, and I hadn't thought about like life that way really like in a little bit but not in terms of my cycle I guess just in life yeah because in seasons it's like literally the season I'm in like it's winter so I feel like it's winter like in my body and whatnot but I love the way that you break it down um with your cycle and whatnot so tell me I guess like I said I've talked about 
and learned about um, cycle syncing as far as working out and training. So what is it that you kind of teach women about their cycle and working with it um, in other aspects of their life? I think we need to rewind just a little bit and go over what is the menstrual cycle anyway? In middle school health class, they tell us, oh, you get this curse, you bleed once in a while, pain is normal, you know, all these symptoms are normal, which if they're interfering with daily life, they are not normal. (laughs) That's kind of what we're given, right? It's here's a couple tampons, figure it out. There is so much more behind your menstrual cycle. In fact, your period is not the main event of your menstrual cycle. Ovulation is. You don't get a period unless you ovulate beforehand. So there are a lot of myths out there around what is a healthy period? What is a healthy cycle? What is a cycle? Because for a a lot of people, if they are on hormonal birth control, it's actually suppressing the natural cycle. What you're getting on a lot of pills isn't a period. It's a withdrawal bleed because you're stopping those synthetic drugs for a little bit, which is allowing your body to shed. So anyway, the basics of it is you can imagine a little roller coaster of a graph showing different hormones throughout the cycle. When you get your period, that is called cycle day one, the first day of full flow blood. Cycle day one happens, your period hormone or your sex hormones plunge to their lowest levels of the entire cycle. And then they start building up over the next few days and couple weeks, estrogen will start rising testosterone will start rising and you get to a point for an average cycle about a couple weeks in where your body gets ready to ovulate. That makes hormones like luteinizing hormone spike. Estrogen comes to its peak. When you ovulate, you will release one egg from an ovary, unless you're getting twins, but usually just one single egg. And as soon as you ovulate, it's like a big dividing line in your cycle. Estrogen takes the back seat and progesterone comes out to play. And these two different hormones, estrogen and progesterone, leave you feeling pretty differently if you're paying attention. Estrogen is evolutionary biology's way of making you go out, find a mate, pass on your DNA through the generations, right? It's very, think about like caveman times. Estrogen is just making you go out there and make the species continue progesterone comes in and it's like, stay at home, keep a potential pregnancy safe, a little bit more cozy vibes. Of course, that makes you feel different and think differently and act differently because it is built into our biology. It's not necessarily going to make you feel extremely different day to day. And you might not notice it until you start paying attention and notice those subtle differences. And for other people, it is extremely different, especially if you have some sort of hormonal imbalance. But essentially you're passing from estrogen being the key player before ovulation to progesterone being the key player after ovulation. And then all those hormones start tapering down again until you get your next period. And then they go back down to their lowest bit. An average cycle is 25 to 35 days or a normal cycle is 25 to 35 days. And that means from the start of one period to the start of the next. So cycle day one, counting the days until you get your next period. And then that period is again, cycle day one. For me, I typically have 26 or 27 day cycles, which is just a little bit below average, but still within normal 28 days is not 
the only way that people get menstrual cycles. That's another one that they tell you, right? Every, every period is, or every menstrual cycle is 28 days and you ovulate on day 14. That is not true for all people. It's not even true for most people from the data that they've collected. It's actually closer to a 29 day cycle if you're looking at averages and you can't predict ovulation. This is why it's so important to be gathering that data from your own body, because you are not a robot. Your body is doing what your body is doing. Angie and Taryn have very different menstrual cycles. I am positive of it because we are different humans. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So with period tracking, I have used um, a handful of different apps. I use one now, Wild AI. I've talked about it before. But again, just so I can see my own data and know like what's kind of happening or what to expect and mostly it comes to those times when I'm like you know I'll be working out or on a bike ride I'm like oh my god why is this so fucking hard and I finally and sometimes I do that literally have to look at the calendar because I can't remember what day it is you know I don't know what time when the last time was it feels like a week ago that I bled or a month ago like I don't know so I look at my app and I'm like okay this makes sense like and now in my brain it can kind of turn off the like chill out. Don't, you don't have to go gung ho for it. Like your body is literally in a place that it doesn't like want to do that. Um, and even if you weren't in that place in your cycle, you realize like, Oh no, according to my app, I should be pushing the limits. If you don't feel like it, don't do it. It is the main point, but like I said, it can kind of ease your mind when you realize like, Oh, okay. It's all lining up and making sense now. Um, and before I guess too, I guess, I was just so ready to dive right into the topic and I forget with swell, you know, it was a a shorter conversation. So how did you get into this space? Like, where did you learn all this anyways about your period? Like just researching on your own. Did you go to school for any kind of um, thing like this? Well, I was not always somebody obsessed with periods. (laughs) I was definitely embarrassed and found them as an inconvenience when I was younger, especially in middle school and high school, where we're just getting pumped with those messages about be perfect and, you know, ignore your natural body. Don't let anyone see you take a tampon to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Hiding them like they made the little pocket size ones just so you could hide it in school. Yeah, you put it in your ridiculous. I know. So yeah, believe me, I just, I was indoctrinated into that culture, just like everybody else. And unfortunately, what led me to learn about the awesomeness of having a period was a life-threatening situation from birth control. Wow. I was 24, I believe when I had the copper IUD and I had had it for a couple of years And in general, I loved it because I just personally didn't feel like I wanted to experiment with artificial hormones. I wanted something where I could set it and forget it, not have to take a reminder every day. And so for me, it worked really well, even though it did give me pretty awful cramps and heavier bleeding for the first time in my life. I figure that's just the price you pay, right? You have to get some kind of birth control and you have to be responsible. So you just have to suffer. Mm -hmm. That's another myth that they tell you, right? (laughs) So I had this copper IUD for a few years, no issue. The thing with any type of birth control is that there is a failure rate. There's a failure rate for condoms. There's a failure rate for fertility awareness. There's a failure rate for every type of IUD and they're all a little bit different. I was on one of the most high efficacy forms of birth control. And that still means that there's a 
0.02% chance that it'll just fail. It just won't work the way that they expect it to. Rare, but still happens. Unfortunately, I was part of that statistic. And one week after a couple years of having irregular periods due to overexercising, hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is something we can talk about as well, I was just starting to get my periods back. So I realized, okay, they're going to be a little bit funky for a little bit. Maybe this random spotting and pain I'm experiencing is just part of getting back on track, getting my periods back. So I ignored the signs for almost a week. At one point, I started to feel really, I mean, just knife in the gut, knife in the pelvis. And I thought, this must be a UTI. I had never had a UTI at that point in my life. And everyone talks about how horrible they are. And yes, they, I now know that they are horrible. But at that point, I was just so disconnected from my body for my entire life that I figure, okay, blood and stabbing pain, probably UTI. I go to the urgent care. They take my urine to test for a UTI. They did not test for pregnancy. And instead they told me, oh, you probably have an inflamed urethra. Take these pills. They'll make your pee orange, but otherwise you'll be fine. I was not fine. Oh my I was God. living in Salt Lake City at the time. And most of the urgent cares were closed after the evening. And I held on until about 9 or 10 p.m. when I ended up just crawling on the floor, writhing in pain. It was just getting worse. These orange pills were not helping my alleged urethra inflammation or whatever it was. So went to another urgent care where they did all the same things, except that they also gave me a pregnancy test. And of course I laughed at that, right? I was on this very high efficacy birth control. There's no way I could be pregnant. I thought it was impossible. I didn't understand the risks or the side effects associated with it. And of course my pregnancy test came back positive. They told me I had to go to the ER across the street right away and that they had already called to let them know that I was on my way. So wow. I was like, well, there's no way getting out of this one. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So over there they did, they put me through the triage and put me in the trauma unit and checked everything. And it was confirmed. I did have a pregnancy, which best case scenario meant that they would be able to give me drugs. And after a few days of drugs, a few doses, it would clear things out and I would be okay. The worst case scenario would that would be that they have to operate on me to see what the damage was, if there was any rupturing or internal bleeding going on, but they wouldn't know how bad it was until I went into surgery. Sadly, I did need surgery based on what they saw through ultrasound. So I went in at 24 years old into the first ever operating room I've ever been in trying to make jokes with the doctors and <laughs> they are not there for jokes at three in the morning. <laughs> that was not a fun way to go under. Oh God. Do, they actually put me in the maternity ward. So I wake up in the maternity ward, totally alone. A nurse comes over to me and just immediately says, yeah, so they had to take the entire tube out. There was a lot of internal bleeding in there. Whoa. Immediate slap in the face. Like, how could I, a really healthy 24 year old who never had any issues before other than some cramping from my IUD, how could I go from that to just feeling like my body totally betrayed me, my birth control that I was supposed to depend on totally that, you, that you're taught to like trust that like, Hey, if you do this, mm -hmm. you're like, no problems. Um, did they ever tell you that that was a risk going into surgery that, that they might have like worst case scenario would be that they take the, the tube. 
Yeah, they did okay. tell me that it was a possibility, you know, and I signed off on everything. They told right. me more about the surgery than a doctor ever told me about my birth control, right? Wow. Like, yeah. You're supposed to read the papers when you <laughs> go get an IUD inserted and you kind of skim them thinking you know everything, mm -hmm. but there are real risks. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people who choose like a pill version of birth control, there are risks there that are often ignored. Some people have genes that make them more likely to have a stroke when they take hormonal birth control. So that's something wow. you need to know about your family history, your body, the type of birth control that you're using. There are different risks for each one. Mm -hmm. So always ask your doctor, what are the benefits? What are the risks? What are alternatives? What does your intuition say? And what happens if you do nothing? What I just spelled out there is an acronym called BRAIN. B for benefits, R for risks, A for alternatives, I for intuition, and for nothing. So that's a good one to keep in your pocket next time you have to go to the doctor. Absolutely. <laughs> no, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So yeah, the surgery went as well as it could, considering they removed my entire right fallopian tube and left me in a just total state of shock and feeling totally even more disconnected from my body than I had before. Mm -hmm you know, I reached kind of body rock bottom at that point because I didn't know where to go next. I still didn't feel excited about potentially using hormonal birth control. I definitely didn't want to get back on the same IUD. I had no idea how this happened in the first place. How did I miss the warning signs? What is normal? What's not? And the way that I coped with all that anxiety was learning. I completely dove in to everything I could about my reproductive system, about menstrual cycles, about even pregnancy and birth. I became fascinated in this realm from that total birth control disaster. And somehow it was sneaky. I didn't expect it, but somehow it became a passion. And that is what healed me through all the, I had major anxiety after that. I was getting scar tissue that would give me similar pains Ooh. to the pains that I had right before surgery. And that would just send me into total shock of, oh no, is this happening again? Even though mm -hmm. I know it's not possible. The only way that I could ease that anxiety and make myself feel like I was connected to my body and my body was a teammate was learning. And so next thing you know, I'm just absorbing facts everywhere. Like, did you know your uterus expands? Blah, blah, blah. Do you know that? <laughs> and I'm just finding myself spurting all these facts out. And it just kind of out of nowhere became a passion that I didn't realize was also helping me get through the over-exercising I was doing. Mm -hmm. It helped me change the way that I work and work on my creative projects. It helped me eat better because I was undernourishing and having weird food patterns and rules without even fully realizing it. Because again, that's the culture that we're all swimming in. Mm -hmm. My menstrual cycle passion really affected all realms of my life. And that's when I realized I need to share this information with everybody. I started blogging. I started running courses. I then went to get certified as a fertility awareness method teacher. So I was Ooh. teaching a symptothermal method, which is 99.6% effective at preventing pregnancy when it's done correctly, which involves also getting taught by an instructor. I decided uh, about a year ago that I just didn't feel like teaching online courses anymore. So I've kind of put that on the side. And then I even decided, you know, like periods will always be a part of my work in some way, but I'm ready to just let the blog be as it is and not add to it anymore. And of course, as soon as I decided that a publisher reached out and asked if I would write a book about cycle syncing. And I was like, well, this is a good swan song from this project. Wow, that's awesome. So is that book out already? Are you still working on it or what? 
The manuscript is in. I actually got a couple advanced copies myself, but nobody else has touched them yet. It comes out on December 5th of 2023. It is called the Cycle Syncing Handbook. And that's actually interesting because I was feeling a little bit weird about the term cycle syncing as well, just because mm -hmm. it is so polarizing at times and people read into it a little bit harder than they need to. Mm -hmm. And I was actually using menstrual cycle awareness as a, an alternative term. Mm -hmm. But when you write a book, your publisher actually gets a lot of power over what the cover looks like, what the title is, all of that. This publisher, uh, Ulysses Press, they're out of Berkeley, California. They're an indie publisher. And they actually were really great at giving me a lot of heads up and the options. But I also understood, you know, books are business and mm -hmm. cycle syncing is the term that people are looking for. So mm -hmm. you can find the cycle syncing handbook starting in December or pre-order it now. Oh my I really God. just walk you through We can talk all, as much as you want about this, but I walk you through how to eat, move, work, and play with your menstrual cycle in a way that's not super dogmatic or strict. I love that. We will definitely be linking that for people to, um, to pre-order. And, you know, when it comes to the name of the book, cycle syncing, I think that it is. That's kind of one of those moments that you do have to kind of put a stake in the sand. It's like, it doesn't mean that you are like full on, like, this is how you make every decision in your life, whatever. I do think it will grab people's attention of like cycle syncing. What's that? And that's a good book name. And again, throughout that book, you're teaching people like how to just work with their body, not saying like, if you don't cycle sync, then you're just messing everything up and your life sucks. So I think that it will grab the people who want to learn about it and people who don't think that cycle syncing will do anything for them. They probably wouldn't read it if it was called, you know, something else anyways, um, because they're just now on that path of like not even thinking their menstrual cycle matters because that's what happens right we don't put people in the middle we say you have to choose a side so now instead of people like learning how to work with their body they're just gonna be like oh it actually doesn't matter and it's like no it, it does <laughs> but you don't like that have to like fall into every portion of cycle syncing or whatnot um but i can't wait to check out your book for sure and i just learned recently too about how much like publishers have a say in that stuff but like i said i think i think it'll be a good choice and it'll get the people that you that need it so, right. It's not like I'm trying to be a bestseller or sell a million copies of anything. If I had to, if I had to put a line in the sand and be like, this is the way to cycle sync, I just wouldn't feel good about that. I would yep. rather not make money off of a book and still get what I truly believe out. Because a lot of the concepts that I talk about are just small shifts in your mm -hmm. life. There's nothing super radical. Yeah. I talk a yeah. lot about managing your energy instead of managing your time. We Ooh, get yeah. so many messages from podcasts, from blogs, from emails, talking about time management. Mm -hmm. And I noticed from years past, if I really tried to dive into time management, it made me more anxious. It made me feel more behind in life. It made me preoccupied with how am I, you know, getting max efficiency out of this and that today, even if my body was telling me to rest, or even mm -hmm. if my body was telling me to, you know, go at a certain time, if the blog or article says that you shouldn't be up before 6am on your laptop, well, what if I felt really good that day and wanted to be up at 6am working? Yes. Yeah. So I managing your energy, like that is to me, the key to, I still use words like productivity and efficiency, mm -hmm. 
But for me, that really comes back to how can I use where my body is in that moment, in that day, in that part of my cycle or cycle of life or season, mm-hmm. how can I use what I'm feeling to my advantage as opposed to fighting my natural instincts? Yeah. So as you started learning all about the menstrual cycle, reproductive system and getting all that kind of like more like data in like research information. Did you take that just into your own kind of experimenting and tracking your period and finding out um, like how your body works and how your energy levels are throughout your, your period to kind of put these, your own thoughts and kind of ideas together, like the seasonal, um, the seasons of the menstrual cycle? I started very simply, and I actually encourage other people to start as simply as possible. For me, it was just noting what is my cycle day? Again, cycle day one being the first full flow day of your period, putting down the cycle day and just a couple words on how I felt. Mm-hmm. I started to do that for a few months and noticed, oh, there's some pattern here. I can tell that I'm a little bit more energetic outwardly on these days and a little more introspective on these days. So I thought, okay, let me track this a little bit more. And I was using an app. I This is actually the only tracking app if you're actually tracking your fertility signs through fertility awareness, I only recommend the read your body app. So I was using that one to track different symptoms and moods and energy levels. And so you can do that on pretty much any app. I just don't want you to have an app tell you when you're fertile or not. You can be the only one to know that. So disclaimer, do not just use natural cycles and do what it says because (laughs) it's not taking into account all of your biological data. Uh, anyway, so on Read Your Body, I made an electronic version of a daily reflection where basically this would take me three minutes a day. I would go through the cravings column and mark any cravings I had. I'd go through the energy column and put like however many lightning bolts of energy I had that day. I'd go through, you know, am I feeling like romantically involved today, sexually involved today, basically just coming up with a handful of categories that I wanted to start reading from day to day to find more patterns. So then that info was also really eye-opening where I started to notice very clear sections of my cycle where I would feel one way compared to another. And for me personally, I started to read a lot more. There's a whole bunch of people out there talking about the seasons behind your months. I did not make this up, (laughs) but a lot of people for generations have noticed the kind of seasonal qualities of the menstrual cycle. And I found that that resonated a lot with me. I'm super into all, not all the outdoor sports, but a handful of outdoor sports. I love trying new ones. I love getting outside, exploring. That's sort of my world. My passion Mm -hmm. is outdoor adventure. So for me, seasons made sense. I love being outside. The external world influences me so much. So what if my internal world was also nature related and I Mm -hmm. could use that as a a method of connecting with myself as well. It's sort of like what you said at the beginning, Mm -hmm. a few minutes ago, you were talking about, you know, the snow outside gives you a certain feeling Mm -hmm. in your own body, or if it's, you know, 85 degrees and sunny out, that gives you a different energy in your body the outward planet planet seasons can have such an influence on the way that we feel and think and act and perform. So of course our inner seasons can do that as well. I think that will resonate with a lot of people here too. Amber and I were just discussing um, on another episode, like when we talk about our podcast, 
we don't really say like it's an outdoor centric podcast however like we're very outdoorsy a lot of topics we talk about are outdoorsy a lot of our guests have something like in their core whether their business is reflected directly into the outdoors like them as a person like their soul and core is connected to the outdoors so it I think a lot of our listeners too have that um that outdoor the love of the outdoors and so that's where it hit me when I heard you at swell was like I can really connect to the seasons because that is how I live pretty seasonally whether it's by sport or like you know I've had seasonal jobs but uh, my life has just been so affected by seasons, just change. Like, okay, here we go into this season, this season, this season, um, that connecting that to my menstrual cycle, like I think it resonated the same way with me as it did with you. And I think it will with a lot of the listeners as well. Can I ask you then what words come to mind when you think about the winter season and how would you describe winter's energy? So that's, I love that you asked that because Amber and I, again, as we discussed this the other day, did mention that like in winter, because she she brought up um, seasonal affective disorder. And like, if I Mm -hmm. feel that I am affected by that, and I mean, I feel like I have been, but I am such a winter sport person too, that it, um, it excites me. So winter does, but it, at the same time, that doesn't mean it doesn't give me the feeling of, I want to be cozy. And like, I do still want the, the hibernation mode. I want to be home. I want warm, you know, comfort foods. I want candles lit. I want like nice, um, ambiance in my lights, my little Christmas lights or whatnot. But at the same time, it, you know, during the day I get excited to like go out and snowmobile or snowboard, but yeah, the overall vibe is definitely like, I just want to be cozy and comfortable and things are just a little quieter. Mm -hmm. Okay. So happy that you mentioned this because this is a great example of how cycle syncing is not prescriptive. If you're looking at one side of the cycle syncing extreme spectrum, they would say, oh, in your inner winter, you must stay at home and don't talk to people. And no, do whatever you want. It's about noticing what's exciting you in that time. Yeah. So a lot of people for their inner winter, which for a lot of menstruators that occurs around the days of your period. For me personally, my inner winter starts the last couple days of my cycle. So about two days before my period comes, I start to feel those winter vibes really mm-hmm. creep in. And then it lasts for the first few days of my period. That is my inner winter. And I love skiing. I like winter. I mean, I like, I like winter (laughs) (laughs) and I find that skiing is a really intuitive and a strong way to connect to myself. And that is what inner winter is about is connecting to yourself. It's usually more inward focused, a great space for reflection, for tuning into your intuition for restoration. Even if you're not completely physically at rest. Maybe you find some mental restoration by going skiing, by going snowmobiling, Mm -hmm. whatever your passion is, you can approach it in subtly different ways from season to season so that it can give you what you need. The menstrual phase obviously has its challenges. Every season and phase of the menstrual cycle has challenges and superpowers. It's a matter of noticing them so that you can prepare for them Mm -hmm. before they arrive. So for a lot of people, inner winter is a time of pain because they have period problems. They have symptoms that they're not excited about. And I don't know, I kind of think about the the downsides of winter, you know, public transportation shuts down. You have to shovel. There's a lot of inconveniences. Yeah. I don't want to dismiss anyone's period pain. It sucks. 
<laughs> it's yeah. also an inconvenience that comes with the season sometimes. And there are so many amazing powers that come with winter as well. Like mm-hmm. Clarity, forgiveness, acceptance, again, tapping into your the core of who you are. It's a lot easier for many menstruators to ask themselves, what do you want? And have an honest, clear answer during that time compared to a time when your hormones are higher and messing with you. <laughs> yeah. I well, I just love the, the whole thing about the seasons in your menstrual cycle and being able to kind of connect to that. Like, okay, what I'm feeling these like cozy vibes. I just want to be at home. Like, oh yeah, it's my inner winter. It's like, I don't care if it's the middle of July. Like I am allowed to have these few days or whatever to feel like I need to go inward. Um, and how have you found that those seasons like that you work with them? Like, how do you use them? Do you just kind of look and notice like, this is where I'm at, or are you really scheduling like your work and, um, day to day by your seasons? I am not perfect and I am definitely always evolving, but yes, all of the seasons kind of influence my project planning, my calendar I would have, I'm happy that I have this time with you scheduled to chat on this podcast today because a week ago I would have been way more spacey and in Mm -hmm. my own head. Right now I'm in my inner spring, kind of the first half of my inner spring. So it has that spring-like energy of coming back to life, coming out of my hibernation. I have a lot of ideas sprouting all around me. That's all really fun and, you know, positive spring-like energy but there are some downsides of spring too, where, oh my gosh, there's so many ideas sprouting around. How do I know which ones I can actually tend to and water? Mm-hmm. Because you can't tend to them all, right? There's a lot of shiny distractions around. In Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But using, knowing what my powers are and what my challenges are typically like in my spring, I'm then able to plan ahead and think, okay, spring is in that time of my cycle, knowing around what days my spring typically is, I can plan for those days to be more of my strategic working days. Maybe I'm building a new program, planning an event. I really like doing the nitty gritty of the outlines and the structure and the strategy and the planning in my spring, Mm -hmm. because I have something to work on that I decided in on my inner winter. Again, with inner winter being that more inward focus, clarity, reinvigorating energy, that's when I'm able to decide, okay, for this next cycle, what am I focusing on? What's my intention? What do I actually want to do? Mm -hmm. Spring is that time to start planning and acting on that. Then you enter inner summer and this is your full bloom phase. This is around ovulation for most people. So again, biology is like, get out there and find a mate and have babies, even if you don't actually want that. (laughs) (laughs) But that's why a lot of people feel that way during ovulation. They'll often feel more confident, feel more social, feel even more like a strong communicator. Mm -hmm. They're able to find words more easily. A week from now, I wouldn't stumble as much. (laughs) It's always an evolution. Yeah. So how can you use your inner summer energy to plan your month or your cycle? Well, during those days, if I have the power to, then I would be trying to schedule presentations for that time. I would be making sure that I'm getting in the bulk of my writing at that time. Because for me personally, I find that I write more easily during my inner summer. And then I edit more easily during my inner autumn. So finding those puzzle pieces. 
I like to do those big, bold moves in inner summer so that when I get to inner autumn, which is, you know, more of a harvesting season, it's a time to nest and prepare for hibernation and tidy up to get ready for the coming winter. That's when I like to do my editing. I find that in inner autumn, I have a lot more insight and critical thinking where I can look at whatever I created in the seasons before and be like, nope, that goes. Yes, this stays. This isn't really true. Uh, you know, bring this to completion. It's all very direct, straight to the point. And that can also make you come off a little more sharp tongued at that time of the cycle, right? You think about this is the premenstrual phase. There's a lot of, you know, what whatever you feel, you feel. It doesn't help if society is calling you a bitch or being like, mm-hmm. oh, are you just PMSing? That's right. not yeah. productive at all. Mm-hmm. What if we could reframe it as, oh, you're in your inner autumn right now. So you're going to be a little bit more direct. You don't have as much capacity for just, you know, dealing with bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you also feel that inner critic come out a lot more in inner autumn. If you don't have an intention set in your inner winter so that you can plan an inner spring and make those big moves in inner summer, if none of that happens, your inner critic will come out in inner autumn and be like, why is there nothing for me to complete here? Why didn't you do enough for me to finish a project or add some insight? So this can be a really tricky season for people. And it makes me think of when you mentioned seasonal affective disorder, Mm -hmm. there are definitely certain seasons that are harder for certain menstruators. Some people even find that, you know, sometimes summer gets all of the positivity, you know, this is summer is what society wants us all to be in all the time. Yeah. So of course, like, why can't we be ovulating all the time? you know, and I could tell you the whole, you can't have the highs without the lows and you, you right. get that. Sure. <laughs> yep. You already get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there are some people at the same time who don't like their inner summer because it feels like all the sunlight is on you. There's a spotlight mm-hmm. on you and there's pressure to perform and they just don't want that. There are right. people that hate spring because it feels overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he again is taking all of that data that you've noticed finding whatever tool that you've used to collect those patterns and notice how you can predict your cycles. And then you know what challenges you specifically are going to face in each each season and what your powers are in each season so that you can apply those to your benefit. Yeah, that's just amazing. And so much. And so when you think about the seasons too, there's four seasons in a year. And now we're talking about four seasons in a cycle, which is usually about a month, like said, like 28 days, 35 days is like the average that people usually give us, but you could fall anywhere between there earlier or later. Some people, I have a friend who's like closer to like 25 days. You know, every 25 days you're going through four fucking seasons. It's like, there's a lot of ups and downs and every cycle. I'm sure any menstruator out there knows that each one is in itself is different. So you may have one where the summer is longer, you're feeling really great. And the next one, your summer or spring or whatever is like feeling a lot more chaotic because you have, and, and those seasons for me, I've just realized in this conversation, uh, I love them, but they can feel a little bit more stressful because I don't know which direction to go because I'm having so many ideas and I just want to capitalize on all of them but it happens so quick before that next season comes around that I'm like, autumn comes and I'm like, oh, cool. So I had 15 ideas last week and I maybe like pushed the needle towards one, it but didn't finish it or, you know, whatever. Now here I am feeling like a failure of this whole last like couple of weeks or, or month or whatever. Um, 
like just through every cycle that just fluctuates in just the other day I was saying like wow last week I felt was like my my summer I mean maybe it, maybe it was more toward like spring summer but I was like just feeling so good and instantly in a day I'm like huh it's fall <laughs> I'm like slowing <laughs> down and I was like damn it yesterday and the three days before that were so so good and how do you like how do you have any advice to kind of keep that momentum going as you're changing through seasons? Cause obviously not all of us, even if you do own your own business and make your own schedule, that doesn't mean you just have the power to be like, Oh, well, I'll put this project off until I'm in summer again. What kind of advice do you have to kind of try to keep that momentum going, even though you're changing through the seasons? First of all, wildland firefighters like to say slow is smooth and smooth is fast. I definitely resonate with everything you're saying because I have spent most of my life trying to do all the things on the list all at once and make them perfect. Mm -hmm. And that is a sure street to burnout, right? (laughs) Yep. So now I like to move a lot slower. I won't set my intentions or my goals for a month quite as high as I used to in the name of sustainability. I want to make sure, think about like the planet. Mm-hmm. We can't force a growing season to go on forever or else the soil gets depleted. Right. That's how the dust bowl happens, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. there, there's nothing in nature that blooms all year round. So if you can remind yourself that you are like a garden and you have to have all of those seasons in order to make all the seasons possible, that helps me a little bit. Mm-hmm. That said, you can't obviously plan everything Mm -hmm. around your cycle and everything around your personal patterns. That's why I think it's key to look at the menstrual cycle and the creative process as one in the same. Mm -hmm. You can never align all of your to-dos, all of your work projects, especially if you're not self-employed. And even if you are self-employed, it's really hard to make everything align perfectly. So instead, can you look at it from the angle of the creative process and make sure that you are making time for each of those steps of the process. Mm -hmm. Are you making time to ideate, envision, just sit and let ideas come to you? Are you allowing time to sit down and make the outlines and create the structure and prototype? Are you making time to just put some work out there and get eyeballs on it, even if it's not fully finished yet? Mm -hmm. And are you making time to sit down, take that feedback, make some edits, and then let it rest for a little bit until the next iteration? That doesn't have to line up with your cycle but it does put you through the full creative cycle. And that Mm -hmm. is how you can still keep making progress and have that momentum that you want. It just might be on a different timeframe and that's totally okay. This is how I've been doing my co-working group that Taryn, I know you've been to a couple of times and I've structured my Wednesdays, which is my co-working day to move along with the creative cycle. It doesn't always line up with my menstrual cycle because then I'd be having everybody else follow my menstrual cycle and that doesn't seem fair. (laughs) (laughs) I would rather the group have a structure that we can all follow Mm -hmm. and it still works really well. At the beginning of the month, I, even if I'm not in my period or in my inner winter, I still make an overall theme for the month. And I think about, okay, what is my intention for the month? What is the overall idea? Even if I don't know how it'll happen yet. Mm -hmm. And then I can work my way through the weeks because some people don't have menstrual cycles. Mm -hmm. Some people used to, and they don't anymore. Some people are on birth control. 
you can choose how long this creative cycle is. You can choose how long you want to spend on a project. It doesn't have to be completely aligned with your cycle. The benefit of looking at your menstrual cycle is that it's a clear visual indicator, right? You get your period and you're like, oh, I am bleeding right now. This is visual. I can tell where I am. So there, of course, if you have the full menstrual cycle and it's healthy and you feel like you can really dip into that for inspiration, great, but you don't have to, you can still just follow your own cycles of any length and just think about creativity in a new way. Mm-hmm. I love that so much because again, especially you just might have an irregular cycle or not be tracking it. It takes a while to track and figure things out. So if you're ready to start with some kind of process and steps right now, and like you can't align it with your cycle, then that's a great way to start. Um, And that brings me to another question about folks who maybe aren't in like looking for a creative process, whether they're trying to connect it to like outdoors activity or just what are other ways they could connect these seasons into their life say they have a regular like corporate nine to five uh they're a mom and like what how can they embrace these seasons and and work them into their life to kind of help that stage of life so in my book i have chapters one for food one for movement one for creativity and work and one for relationships mm. we probably don't have time to go through everything <laughs> yeah, that I wrote so totally. it's not a very long book so I encourage <laughs> anyone to, to skim it and see which chapters stick out to them yeah but in general you can implement very simple self-care strategies that can change throughout the seasons So once you start noticing, oh, during my inner autumn, I really like having alone time. Maybe that is when you go skiing alone. If you're going to go skiing every week this winter, maybe some of those are going to be solo during your inner autumn and winter. Maybe during your inner spring or summer, you have your women's group who goes out and skis together. You can just adjust what you're already doing slightly. Mm -hmm. For example, for movement, maybe you have a workout plan that you can't change. It's just the way your coach wrote it or you're training for a marathon, whatever it is. But even if you can't change the what of what you're doing, you can change the time of day. You can change who you're doing it with. You can choose where you go. Right now, you know, I'm in San Francisco, which is an exciting place for me to run. And I'm in my inner spring. So I'm all about curiosity and exploration and trying new things. Oh my gosh, I have done countless miles around the city the past few days, just no plans, just seeing where it takes me because I'm just so, you know, looking at all those sprouts, like, does this street go? And like, that's totally fine. I can go back to my normal routine mm-hmm. after that when I'm back home. So just doing those subtle little shifts is really helpful. And you can also think about a cycle within a day. If you don't have a lot of flexibility, Maybe you can think about your day being a full cycle where, you know, the going to bed, bedtime routine into your morning routine, maybe that's your inner winter and that's your rest and restoration. Maybe your morning is your springtime when you're doing that planning and structure. Maybe the late morning to early afternoon is your summer where you're getting in your meetings, your presentations, and then maybe your evening is your wind down autumn time. There are different ways that you can apply seasons, just Mm -hmm. like seasons of life. Like I mentioned earlier, I was in an inner, uh, an inner winter phase when I 
left a relationship, quit my job, moved, you know, I had so much happen that just left me almost with a clean slate. And I realized, wow, this is a winter time in my life. There's no way around it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm approaching that springtime phase and I'm, I'm in my springtime phase in a couple of years. I imagine I might be in my in, in, in inner summer of my life. I can't really predict it because you don't know how long these will always last, but right. who knows. and some people also find that they are a default season. Mm-hmm. I personally see myself, if I get really specific, I think I'm a late spring, early summer, and that's where I feel most at home. So how can I add those elements of late spring, early summer into my everyday? Mm-hmm. Because that's where I feel most myself. Do you know where you feel most yourself, Taryn? So I love that you brought this up. It's like the seasons within seasons, because again, the conversation Amber and I just had the other day, I was talking about how I feel like I've kind of been in a, or had been in a funk for like weeks. And like with this conversation, it would be like, I was just in a inner winter for like for weeks. And then all of a sudden, like the turn of a hat um, in my summer, just full bloom summer mode. Um, and now I, c- I can feel it kind of like aligning back with just like seasons of my cycle, but it made me really confused for a minute as I got into this summer and was feeling so good last week and everything felt great. I felt strong, smart, creative, just like on it. And, um, I was like, had an identity crisis for a minute of like, oh my God, is this going to end? Like, am I at my core, the winter person and I'm just having a good week or like, what's happening because I feel like I am this summer person and I want this energy all the time. And I feel like I have this energy to give, but like, I don't want it to go away. Is it going to go away? And just, yeah, this kind of interesting conflict of what is my kind of most inner season and uh, inner if inner winter was, or is, it doesn't have to be a bad thing, but I look at it as, as feeling unmotivated and gloomy. And so I was just like, I don't want to be back in that place. So interesting because I think if you're a natural inner winter, whoa, you are so wise. You are so thoughtful and intentional. And I love that. And society, of course, would make it look like winter's the bad one, right? Or yeah. they think like, oh, if you're if you're an autumn, you must be like a hard ass. No, oh my gosh. I just this is why it's so important to really pay attention to mm-hmm. each phase because you will find the powers. There are many times where I wish I were more of a natural winter. <laughs> well, and it's like with anything in life, right? Again, we always talk about how we're in certain seasons of life. So you're not maybe going to be that one. Like I might, if I am a more inner winter person, I might not be that way like forever. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe I have certain notes of it at my core core, but you know, certain times of life, I'm going to be in summer longer, spring longer, winter longer. And that's where I was just trying to figure out. Yeah. Like I said, it just gave me a, felt like an identity crisis of like, what's happening in my life right now? Who am I? Like, what season do I like mostly live in? And, but having this conversation makes me feel like no matter what the season is, like, it's not bad. Like to me, I've looked at um, autumn and winter as said kind of the the not fun seasons even though I love winter now there's still a large part of the winter that is isn't that fun because you don't know what's going to happen skiing might not be good what if it doesn't snow a lot you know then it's like oh this this season sucks and so so they feel like there's more negative connotation with like autumn and winter um at least for me personally and 
I don't want to be like described as that or feel like that, but this and I'm so what I'm actually looking at is the pamphlet that you had from Swell. So I'm seeing like the powers, like looking at the powers within each season is just so helpful. And um and yeah, so I really don't know what inner season I like resonate most with. <laughs> you remember too, spring brings flooding and summer brings wildfire. So yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. I, right? I really do try and think about this from a planetary perspective. Mm-hmm. You cannot have the spring in the summer without having fall and winter. And this mm-hmm. is true for agriculture. This is true for weather. Like everything in nature works in cycles. Yeah. Everything in your body works in cycles and you cannot have half the cycle without having the other half because each is driving the next. Yep. The most important thing to remember is that a cycle is round. It repeats over and over, which means between the end and the start of each next cycle, that is an opportunity to evolve just mm-hmm. a little bit. And if you can just inch closer and closer to who you are truly in your core, what your goals are, what your intentions are, how you want to live your life, you can use this cycle, the menstrual cycle or your own timed cycles in whatever way they make sense to you to just get an inch closer to being that person or having that dream. And you'll have 400 menstrual cycles on average throughout your life. If you're a menstruator, that's 400 chances to level up and to take that extra step. Yeah. And to use it again, like as your power and advantage, like what you mentioned at the beginning, especially like our, our age generation and, and definitely before us, what we were taught is like, this is just a nasty part of being a woman and it sucks. And yeah, there's hardships with it, of course, and things that are annoying, like when you're feeling good. And then all of a sudden, like without your choice, the next day you're like not feeling it. And you're like, no, I, sh- I have shit I need to work on or I'm in a training plan or whatever. It can feel unfair, I think, sometimes to have these fluctuations that uh, maybe a lot of men don't have to deal with or non-menstruators but it is what it is. And so how can we use it to our advantage? And I think this seasonal like inner seasons that you have and looking at it in this way is really helpful to make it. So you're not looking at having a menstrual cycle as a bad thing. You're like, Nope, I'm just at this point. And this is how I can um, adjust my life to find those powers in this season, instead of just being down in the dumps and annoyed by it. That's exactly how I wrote the book. That is what I kept in my mind as I was writing the book. You need to be tracking your wins. You need to have the actual, I have a spreadsheet on my Google drive that says, I think it's called compliments and thanks or something. I don't, it's, it doesn't matter what the name is, but every time somebody sends me a note, whether it's in my menstrual work or if it's in my speaking, or if it's in my writing, if I just get a nice email or a nice compliment out loud, I put it in my tracker. And that's a tip that I give in my inner summer chapter, because summer is when you are going to naturally hear those compliments more you're like radiating. You're mm-hmm. Yeah. You're putting yourself out there. You are on a stage, a metaphorical or literal stage in your summer. And so that is a time to start collecting those so that once inner autumn rolls around, you have those reminders of, oh shit, I am a badass. I did all those things. So there's little tweaks that you can add to your self-care routines, even if it just takes a couple of minutes over the course of a week, those little habits can add up in the long run. So when I start feeling down about where I am in my cycle or the way my body is, because of course I'm human and Mm -hmm. a menstruator and 
it's not always easy, of course. I remind myself of how far I've come. I think about years ago before, when I still had my right fallopian tube, I was running myself to the ground with thinking about exercise. I was always injured. I wasn't actually getting to the events I signed up for because something would injure me or I would get burnt out or I had no idea why I was even signing up for that event anyway. And now I have not been injured in many years. I have done athletic pursuits far beyond what I thought was possible for me before. And it ha- that change happened when I started looking at my cycle as a form of self-care. Mm-hmm. Thinking about eating, I was not getting enough nutrients. Thinking about college, I had weird preoccupations with certain foods. I had weird disordered patterns. And now I freaking love food. I find joy in it. I don't overthink it. And that happened because I started paying attention to my menstrual cycle. I think about how I used to get burnt out and overwhelmed at work. And now of course I still get frustrated with my work and at times I get overwhelmed. But if I zoom out Mm -hmm. in the bigger picture, I love having this creativity built into my body. I love having a framework that I can loosely follow with some principles instead of a strict prescription that I can come back to when there are so many things floating on my plate and I'm trying to figure out what do I focus on. So of course it's not always perfect and we are going to hit struggles because we are human and that Mm -hmm. is life. But if we can use cycle syncing as a framework to bring us back into ourselves and our bodies, that is where the magic happens. Oh my God. I love that so much. I love all of that. And I wanted to touch back on what you said about the, the compliments and keeping those like kind of a record of them because for me, that hits as if, if you're not an affirmation person, as far as sitting there and saying, I am beautiful, I'm smart or whatever you you're just taking something that someone else said so because you know some people are a little more woo woo than others or sometimes you just can't get into that meditative and like affirmation zone you're just not making yourself believe those things but if you're literally taking something that someone said to you and you're remembering like no I'm not making this up I'm like nothing's confusing my mind here so and so said this to me I think that can be a great way to kind of maybe kickstart those like further affirmations because I know that there's times that I can't let myself get in the head I'm saying shit over and over to myself and there's still a mental block of like not letting myself believe myself but hearing it from someone else again it can always be hard to like take a compliment or trust that that person is being true or not but for me having someone else on the outside say it and hear it then it's like it just hits different so I love the idea of, of taking note of that and remembering those um those things like you said you're not just making it up it's not in your head it's not in your head you have, again <laughs> data collection look yeah. at that <laughs> yes that, well, that's I, what I love about the cycle being half inward focused and half outward focused because it's you've got to be balancing mm-hmm. both ways, right? You know, you don't live unless you're a hermit, you are interacting with people and it doesn't matter how you speak with them, mm-hmm. how you interact with them, how you work as a team. So you can't just live in a bubble and be like, well, I'm just going to do me and not worry about anyone else because it does affect you and your work and your play. And of course, you also need the equal-ish amount of time for reflecting by yourself and coming up with your own opinions and your own ideas and not having any external influence. So again, this framework reminds me, I need external input and I need what's coming from my own inner mind and soul. And I can take both of those pieces of data to determine what do I do next? Love this. I mean, I could go on forever talking about this and diving deeper into the weeds of like, 
taking it to your training, your outdoor pursuits, your your workspace, your home life, whatever. Um, and so hopefully we can have some more conversations diving deeper into like each of those categories. And that's where I'd like for the listeners out there, um, if there is something specific that you want to dive deeper into, please let us know so we can have Angie back um, about this. And before we just like cut it off cold, I want you to be able to share with the people again, like where to find you. Um, so if they do have more information or want more information rather regarding the menstrual cycle or any of the other offerings you have um, and anything you want to leave to with anybody, like how can, what's the simplest step they can take today to, to start living more in tune with their body? I love that I have been screaming into my laptop about periods in this tiny little city hotel. And probably everyone outside is like, who is that woman? Who's she talking to? (laughs) Well, there's been people yelling on the streets outside all day. So I fit right in now. That's awesome. You can find all of my work at itsangiemarie.com, I-T-S-A-N-G-I-E-M-A-R-I-E.com. And there you can see everything I do. So I speak and I write and I host events. And now I have a book. I am actively booking workshops for workplaces or teams. So if you like this conversation and you're curious to bring it to your team or workplace, because it's not just menstruators who need to talk about this, Mm -hmm. non-menstruators need to as well, Mm -hmm. then contact me for that virtual or in person, please get my book. Pre-orders do help a lot. Again, I'm not trying to make a living off of this tiny little book, but I really do believe in it and believe that it will help every menstruator or somebody who wants to live more cyclically. You can join my co-working group if you want. You can just send me a message and say, hi, I listened to this. Let's be friends because I always love more friends. Yeah. I would just love to keep on uh, connecting with all of you and we'll definitely have more episodes. But until then, my challenge to you is to devote yourself to one tiny little reflection per day on how your energy felt. And it can be a word that's more seasonal. Maybe you feel cozy. It could be a word that has to do with your social life. Maybe you felt extroverted. One simple word, track that for the next month. And then if you feel like you can track it for another couple months and see what patterns emerge. Yes, love that. Definitely gonna write that down. Gotta do that myself. Um, we'll link everything in the show notes and the link for the pre-order for the book. Um, oh my God, I totally lost the last thing I was going to say. Dang it. That's so frustrating. Um, oh, I can wait. Um, you also have a podcast, so oh, I didn't I, even mention it. Yeah, no, so, like duh, here it is, what we're doing. So tell the people real quick about your podcast and where they can find and listen to that. It's so funny seeing the themes of my life merge into all these different projects because my podcast is not about menstrual cycles, but seasonality is in everything I do. Adventure is in everything I do. And so my podcast is called For the Love Of, and we are having conversations with people who have made trade-offs in order to live their passions. So far, we've had someone who kite skied across Greenland and worked in Antarctica somebody who guides on Mount Everest, somebody who got, uh, used dancing to get through depression and opened up a dance studio. And just today we have a, an expedition kayaker who just went through what they call the Everest of kayaking. So people who live very passionate lives and who might 
live a little bit more unconventionally, which I relate to as well. So check out For the Love of podcast. <laughs> I think a lot of our listeners would love to hear those adventure stories, whether they just want to hear the stories or it resonates with them and they've done something like that. Um, so again, that will also be linked. And Angie, thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation. Like I said, I could just continue on talking about this and relating it to all different aspects of life. So I look forward to having you again and talking more and diving deeper and, um, and all that. So thank you and everyone out there. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode and would do us a huge favor since we don't have any sponsors or anything like that and would rate and review us on whatever platform it is you use, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, uh, whatever it is. And if you're listening and downloading just through the website, tearingituppodcast.com, leave comments. Um, We'll definitely engage back with you. And on social media right now, we're just on Instagram, tearingituppodcast is the handle like the post, share the post, comment on the post, whatever it is you got, um, show us your love so we just stay relevant and show up in the rankings at all. So again, rate and review, please, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.